0: you're watching stock watch with me zanati Goma, and joining me to unpack your stock related questions tonight are mark the from oyster catcher investments and thamsan laneta from shiloh capital Please be sure to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at BusinessDayTV using the hashtag StockWatch. Uh, Thanks so much uh, for your time, uh, gentlemen. Seeming that some parts of the markets are as under the weather as I am uh, today, uh, catching uh, some sort of chill. Um, Mark, I just want to start off with you. I mean, is the market just at this point... um, just waiting for fun, for monetary policy to get clear direction for them to kind of make any sort of commitment to to direction. Uh, and, and maybe that's why we're seeing this mixed picture in the markets today.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, there is a lot going on at, at, at the moment. Um, so we've got a, a Fed rate decision tomorrow. So I don't think a lot of people would get involved ahead of that. Um, I mean, we're also sitting, we still have two... Uh, global wars well, we've got a few wars but i mean two that are kind of in the headlines at the moment um so there's a lot going on and um we had uh, eurozone um some macro data out today showing that um germany had a a negative uh, gdp print for the quarter so uh, i mean i think that uh, you know the markets are kind of waiting for for the moment where where they can start to see interest rates uh, turning the corner which um up until this point, it seemed to be pushed out a bit further than what we first expected.
0: Uh, alright. Um, uh, um, tell me, uh, what do you make of the drivers right now of market sentiment and what markets are really waiting to cling to at this
2: point? I think uh, the world is just looking for global leadership uh, um, and decisive making by especially the G7 economies. I think uh, the monetary policy is what's leading the world right now, which is a concern. Uh, The fiscal side of the equation is not being managed well. So the Fed has quite a large outsized influence on the market. I think it's important that uh, the the finance ministers begin to step up and take uh, decisions around how the global economies are going to operate and what they're going to do with these looming recessions. So right now the market is reacting to fear. They are are looking at what's potentially going to happen with the interest rates, inflation, and making decisions around that.
0: Yeah, uh, all right. Well, I mean, uh, besides what is happening in the macro economy uh, and with ESCOM uh, with its loss widening, we did actually get some uh, good uh, company numbers coming out of the JSC today. Uh, we saw quite uh, upbeat market reactions to those as well. Uh, AB and Bev, um, mark is abn is uh, ab and bev really at a point uh, where investors are happy with the company i mean they reported an increase in uh, revenue for the third quarter but also really um trying to make up for all the years of paying debt by uh by uh instituting a uh, share buybacks do you think that they finally at a comfortable at a comfortable spot right now
1: yeah i mean i think the the story on ab and bev is that um Everyone's been waiting for them to show progress um, or almost the, the, the switchover from paying down debt to, to more shareholder returns. And uh, I think there was a, a, I mean, we weren't expecting the share buyback to be announced in this set of results. Mm. So I think that that was the positive catalyst for, the, for, for today, showing that the company is confident that they um, can now have reached their, or are getting close to reach their targeted debt level and can start switching to more shareholder returns. And then the other thing that stood out in the in the announcement was that they um kept their um their outlook statement of four to eight percent EBITDA growth um which again gives kind of the market more confidence in in their prospects going forward
0: mm. um tell me where are your confidence levels on a a b and Bev uh
2: they're high uh I think it's a great business um as they address the fundamentals so uh, as Mark said, the debt element has, has been addressed, but also they've got a huge distribution network. They can get their products to very, very far parts of the continent. Never mind just the country. So they've got a long reach. They understand what people need, and they deliver that uh, appropriately. I think the real issue will be around how they run the, this corporate giant uh, that has a lot of impact globally, uh, and how other regions may impact what happens in South Africa. But as a region, as South Africa is, I think it's a very profitable industry. Um, they're going to have to deal with the macroeconomic forces, and that's where things may begin to, to impact their share price.
0: Ah, uh, all right. Well, talking about things impacting the share price, I think, Tammy, uh, on Friday, uh, you and I were together on a stock watch, and uh, there's a question on EOH that's been sent again. Uh, we did get uh, your your thoughts on eoh but i mean i'm just going to ask mark and then maybe we can uh, revisit your thoughts on eoh uh, so i guess the viewer wanting also uh, a diversified opinion here uh, St- uh steven uh, van coller ceo resigned from eoh and his last day is march 2024 will there be more downfall in the share price um I guess maybe that, uh, you know, considering the uh, leadership uh, changes, but also it says my average price is three rand thirty seven cents with the current levels of one rand thirty five cents. If I hold another four more years, can it pass my three rand thirty seven cents average price? So let's just start off with the um, the management changes. Uh, Can we expect any kind of impact, uh, Mark?
1: Well, I, th- I mean, it was expected. Uh, Stefan von Koller said that, um, I mean, he did give the, an indication of how long he was going to be at EOH. He, he was brought in to, to steady the ship. Um, so it wasn't a, a surprise that he is leaving. I mean, it is going to be difficult. It will be interesting to see who the new CEO is because um, the CFO also, she also um, resigned recently. Hmm. So there's quite a few changes at the top level there. I think that uh, I mean EOH has found it difficult to to um, to come out of um, out of their restructure. Um, I mean they're in a in a difficult macro environment. Um, They've got quite a few government contracts, and governments also, as we know, um, under pressure financially because of the the lower collections in tax revenue because of lower resource prices. Um, So I think it's going to be a tough road for for EOH. yeah, I think it, it's going to be tough. It's not a, it's not a stock that that we hold, um, but you know, four, four years is quite a long. It's the longest time horizon, so yeah, we might get back to
2: by
0: then. <laughs> Tommy, uh, recap on your thoughts on your age.
2: Same, uh, no clear business model, no clear strategy on what product they are servicing to, what client, and how the client is going to pay them consistently for it. So. As I said on Friday, I wish yeah. we all had a crystal ball to know what was going to happen in four years' time. Yeah. But uh, that's not a stock I have confidence in going forward. Uh,
0: all right. Um, well, there's a question here on uh, BidCorp. Um, BidCorp. Is a is BidCorp a buy at the current level of around 396? Uh, and is it a long-term hold for more than five years? So, a good buy at this level, and is, a long, is it a long-term hold for more than five years? Mark?
1: BitCorp's a great company, um, food services, business, got a global business. Um, they mean f- they do fantastically well in identifying small ac- acquisitions that they can bolt on to their uh, existing network. Um, so, yeah, I think the long-term prospects are, are very good for BitCorp. The price is Relatively expensive compared to other companies in the market, but if you've got a a, a longish time horizon, I think you can still buy BitCorp at these levels.
0: What was interesting is that I saw today that JP Morgan actually offloaded um, a a little bit of their stake in BitCorp. I think uh, they initially had uh, just over 10% and now it's just over 9%. Um, Obviously, the share price responding to that. Uh, Tami, Do you think that that is significant? Um, And also, I mean, just considering the fact that they still own more than 9%, is it a bad thing or could it just be a a case of maybe taking some profits?
2: Yeah, I think it was a portfolio readjustment. Yeah. They're just looking at the risk and returns of their portfolios and made an adjustment. Uh, BitCorp is a bellwether stock. You can hold it for a very long time. Gives you direct access to the food industry. Uh, and gives you exposure to that. Um, they're very well run. Uh, they supply large portions of the economy. So I think uh, it's typically what you call a bellwether. You put it in your portfolio to anchor your portfolio through all sort of economic cycles. So I think uh, it, it's a great stock to own. Uh, again, no one knows the future, but yeah. as, a, as as serving as an anchor to your portfolio, it's a great
0: yeah I mean, if you really want to be in that food space mark um would you do any kind of comparison uh, comparison between Corp and maybe your food retailers and producers even
1: um i think the you know the size of Corp and the fact that it's got such a global globalized business makes it makes it more unique mm. um I mean you yeah I mean, we we do rank all the our South African stocks against each other to mm. to make our investment decisions um I think you also have to if you're looking at your portfolio, you probably also have to think about um do you have how much exposure do you have to South African macro versus the global macro so BitCorp gives you a nice a, a nice exposure to, to the global macro and to um, if you're worried about Iran weakness then you know BitCorp will um, protect you against that and I think those are the kind of factors um, you could look at um, I mean but you know I suppose if you're looking to put it against something like ShopRite is sure. South African focused business um, I mean I think ShopRite is also a great uh, great stock to own So, yeah. but there are different, different kind of macro exposures that you're getting
0: uh all right uh, Well, talking about uh food retailers um Woolworths are coming out with um an acquisition today uh going into the pet uh industry saying that they are acquiring uh Absolute Pets uh, we did see the market reacting positively to that uh tell me what do you make of this acquisition
2: yeah typically Uh, Woolworth hasn't done well with a lot of these acquisitions. Uh, However, they have restructured the business to make sure it takes care of itself. I think uh, in this point, it's a wait and see. Um, The size of the pet market is quite significant and growing, Uh, especially post-COVID. People are interested in their pets and what food they give them. But as a a whole group, uh, I'm not sure if this is the best fit for it. Um, And I'm not sure if they can operate it well. Uh, post-acquisition. Um, the history says no.
0: Yeah. And, and, and actually, Tammy, I mean, as I saw that um, this announcement acquisition, I was like, oh, what are they buying now? Uh, <laughs> Mark. Uh, but I mean, it seems that the, the trend now is uh, for these retailers to go into baby, um, baby stores and pet stores. So would you say that this is the right move considering the trend that we're seeing in the industry?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I see i think what uh what the big retailers have realized that they've got quite a a big competitive advantage in their big distribution network so they've got the big distribution warehouses um they can optimize stock levels you know they've got the logistics sorted out and then you can bolt on different similar businesses to your to your world typical model. so like you said yeah. um i mean like what you've seen with ShopRite and um um, going into like liquor outlets. Yeah. And what we've seen with clicks going in, you know, clicks running out and competing with independent pharmacies. I mean yeah. it's, it's it's a typical yeah, you know, it's a similar type of theme. So I think that we'll will ultimately be successful. Um and it's a small acquisition. So Hopefully, it it won't be the it won't be a repeat of what what okay. we've seen
0: before. Uh, all right. There's a question on astral foods. Uh, is this now a good time to buy astral foods? Um, and actually, what I saw uh, because they did take out a trading uh, update today. Um, obviously, now they're sinking uh, into a loss from a profit. Um, that trading update didn't have a lot of color in it, but. I, I mean, they've, they've given us plenty of color in uh, their previous updates. Bird flu, load shedding, uh, just high uh, input costs. Um, Tammy, just starting with you, what was interesting for me is that I saw the share price up about 2% today. And I was thinking, oh, is this maybe uh, investors thinking uh, there's a bottoming out of the headwinds? So, yeah, the viewer, is this now a good time to buy Astral Foods?
2: um so 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 they deal a large bit with primary agriculture, eggs, beef um it's a it's a very, very- very volatile and difficult industry. Uh, a lot of things can go wrong often, and they often do. Yeah. so you have to have a forward-looking view of agriculture as its play or primary agriculture as its play into the South African economy. Um, over time, I think it will play a valuable role. Uh, especially if they win in the market, because we've seen especially around the chickens and the and the eggs that uh, it's been quite a competitive uh, market yeah. and a lot of businesses have taken hits. But they are, they are well diversified, which is an upside for them, um, and they are able to address the market. Uh, so I think the key issue is one's view of agriculture and how it will go going forward. And I think people will always need to eat. Um, how will they continue to address the market will be the issue. It's a very difficult part of, of the market to manage, uh, especially if you are listed, because it's a long-term cycle. Uh, farming agriculture is a long-term cycle, unlike reporting, which is every six months. Yeah. So they've got they've got to manage that dynamic and communicate to to shareholders appropriately about the industry they're in and the cycles around the industry they're in.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, just they've been reporting on headwinds for a long time, even before this. Um. This bird flu outbreak. So I was even surprised that they're only sinking into a loss now. Um, Mark, I mean, I know that it is a really, really uh, important uh, company for uh, the market uh, long term. Um, it's an important player. But you know, as an investor, do you go into that company um, even though it does have an important role to play um, in in the food ecosystem?
1: Well, I think that um, Astral has been fan- done fantastically well at managing these cycles in the past. Um, it is a management team that we that have that are highly rated, and I mean we we back the management team in this too. Mm. You know, the environment is tough in South Africa, but it's tough for their competitors as well. So we think that coming out of this, they will, um, in actual fact, be able to grab some market share from competitors. And, um, I think you are buying them at a low point, so i would I would say yes um, we do actually like gastro at this point in the cycle
0: uh all right um there is a question on uh city lodge um city lodge i'm i'm having, I'm having to check my uh my codes now, yes, it is city lodge. Um, City Lodge came out with a sense announcement last Thursday where they are going to buy back minority shareholders shares. Uh, don't you think there might be a total buyout? Um, I do have to admit, I did not see um, that announcement. Uh, Tummy, uh, did you see that announcement?: um,
2: No, no, I didn't, but that strategy makes sense. makes yeah. sense, and I think that kind of business should be private where they can make adjustments over time. Again, uh, certain industries have certain cycles. Um, City Lodge was targeting, originally just targeting the business the business market where people fly into Cape Town, Durban and so on and stay one, two nights. And I think uh, the remote working has really damaged that where the industry doesn't have to travel. Uh, and I think also they they are now competing with the guys at the top end as well. Mm. So as costs become more expensive, they find themselves in competition with uh, the much broader and more excellent or highly rated four-star, five-star hotels. And so they've entered into the, into a very very difficult competitive environment by default. Mm. And I think uh, as a private business, they'll do much better. Or if they have a very, very few shareholders who can quickly vote on something to happen if they need to make strategic adjustments. So I think as a business, uh, I think it was a wise move. Mm. Uh, Get as few people in the room as possible uh, so you can make whatever adjustments you need to make uh, quite quickly.
0: Ah, Yeah, I do see that that was um, an odd lot offer. Um, Mark, uh, what do you make of City Lodge right now? Um, Do you think that this is a right move? Um, I know that odd lot offers are a lot of the time seen as an administrative move. What's your sentiment on City Lodge?
2: Yeah, so,
1: I mean, the odd lot offers normally to clean up your share register. If you've got, you know, thousands of shareholders and you have to send them information and it makes it difficult, you know, you have to send them all the AGM information, it just makes it more difficult to administer your company. So, from time to time, companies do an odd lot offer to reduce their shareholder base a little bit. Um, My thoughts on City Lodge hotels, I mean, they... um, they really need, do need business travel to come back strongly for um, the share price recovered already post-COVID. I think in the, in the South African space, I mean, we, we prefer other South African uh, facing stocks over City Lodge. Um, but there's certainly nothing wrong with their business at present.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, tell me this one's for you. Um, people calling you out on what you've said on the show before. <laughs> no need to get nervous. Okay. <laughs> it okay. says it says uh, Devon Shute chose the iShares 20 Year Bond ETF. Tammy was on the show and said that it was a good pick. Does he still like it? If yes, why? So that's the iShares um, 20 Year Bond ETF.
2: Yes, yes. Um, so I still do like it for three reasons. The first is that it gives me fixed income exposure. Mm. Uh, secondly, given the rising interest rates, it beca- it's becoming a ve- a value buy. Um, and thirdly, I think more, more importantly than anything else, is that it gives diversity to one's portfolio. Mm. Um, 100% equity always gives you uh, some discomfort, especially around these volatile times. So on that basis, I do like it. Uh, Would I recommend it today for an individual shareholder or retail shareholder? No. I think there are alternatives that would do well and would do better uh, for them. Uh, But at that time, uh, and as we stand now, uh, with with the kind of portfolio we have, we still like it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mark, does your strategy at this point include uh, fixed income?
2: I
1: mean, I think it is an interesting debate because for a long time, bond yields were, were low and equities shares were the only game in town mm. and now we we're having to to think about well you know i can get a 12 percent return earning a south african government bond uh, and then what can i actually get in the equity market and i think that that's driven a lot of this recent weakness in equity markets over the last few months is this repricing of equity values versus bonds at this point I don't think that the equity market is expensive i I still think you'll get a better um a better risk adjusted return in equities um but certainly you know there's nothing if if you've if you are if you don't like the volatility in shares, you can actually now buy bonds because you know you're getting a decent yield and the prospect is for lower rates going forward
0: oh uh, all right well, what was very interesting today um and i guess uh light um, at the end of a tunnel is a PGM miner in, in Bala Platinum coming out with its production report uh, Today for the quarter ended uh, september and of course, you know how much that sector has been beaten down, but looking like uh, production wise they really um, they 're really doing well um, and also talking about uh, steps that they 're taking to mitigate the impact of that lower PGM pricing. Um, Tell me in terms of PGMs, would you say that Impala M- is one of the ones to hold on to? Uh,
2: there's nothing like a downswing in prices to bring about efficiency in a company. <laughs> um, I think it's a great thing that they've they've decided to 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 show how good they are doing their job. Mm. I think um, if you want single single commodity exposure, Impala would be a good stock, mm. uh, but. We tend to be more broader, uh, and if we're going to be in, have a diversity, a diversified portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, an, as a single stock in that in, in PGMs industry, they, they've they've lasted this long for a reason. Their management is good. They've proven it by their results, and they'll continue to produce. Uh, but as 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 often as we say, the downside of these type of companies is they are price takers. And they rely heavily on the price determination, which is outside of their control, and Mm -hmm. their operational efficiency. So they've shown they're operational efficient, and they now have to uh, wait for the prices to adjust as they would adjust based on demand. So -hmm. I think as a single commodity stock, I think it's a great pick. But typically, we prefer to have a broader set of commodities under one house so the exposure is balanced.
0: And I mean, just in the PGM space, um, MPLATS is usually... Um, a favorite. And I'm wondering, uh, Mark, is there any comparison to be made between Amplats and Implats at this point?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess everyone likes Amplats because they are a fantastic operation. They've uh, got deep uh, pockets. They're part of the Anglo-American group. Uh, They've got great assets and low-cost assets. Um, But I think, I mean, when we stack up the PGM- at this point, uh, we actually prefer um, northern of the four. Okay. Um, Impala did come out with really good uh, production results today, and that is what pushed the price up. Um, but northern's got better growth, uh, production growth, which makes their managing their costs a little bit easier in the in the next five years.
0: Uh, all right, very very interesting. Well, gents, let's get to your stock picks for today. Uh, tell me, what will it be?
2: works, No, no. <laughs> uh, Sibanya uh, is still water. It's my stock pick. As I said, I think the company is, is at a great price now uh, for entry. They're well-diversified, great management. and I think they're, they're going to address all the issues around the debt levels and new acquisitions. So I think uh, we are for Sibanya. I've been tooting this horn for a bit now.
0: Uh-huh, all right. Um, What are you resting your head on today, Mark?
1: i'm picking uh, tfg south african retailer they out with results uh, in the middle of november this will be their first half results we think these are going to be trough earnings for the business um, we are expecting softer uh, uk and australian numbers but we want to see some efficiency gains coming out of their recent jet and tapestry acquisitions we think that um, their earnings will grow low double digits from here plus you get a four percent dividend yield And we think that the market will start to to re-rate the South African retailer stocks as we head into an environment with lower load shedding. Um, Like, South African GDP growth is going to look interesting compared to countries that are in recession. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that uh, there's going to be a a nice little uh, kicker from a re-rating in TFG as well.
0: Ah, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time and for your analysis today, gentlemen. Really, really appreciate it. That is all for stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guests, Mark Detoy from Oyster Catcher Investments and Tamsang Aneta from Shiloh Capital. After this, I bring you the close. Stay with us. <laughs>